Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, we are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. Oh, man. But thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate yeah. you being here. Uh, so I know a little bit about you via social media mm-hmm. and through your work with some other organizations here, just elevating black entrepreneurship, black small business owners in the community and throughout the nation. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can you tell me, so for people that don't know you, people that are kind of tuning in now, for whatever reason, don't follow you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about how Creative Allies got started and where your kind of just curiosity and marketing and brand building and business building kind of came from? Yeah, sure. It's a little bit of a long story, but Creative Allies actually started about 10 years ago. So I'm not one of the founders. Started by two gentlemen out of Asheville. So it is a North Carolina company, but they were in the music space. Mm -hmm. And so they saw a gap for graphic design for emerging artists. Mm-hmm. So people who couldn't really afford um, you know, high-priced graphic design. So they created this community of graphic mm-hmm. designers that could provide work for these artists. And then what happened, that caught on so well that they ended up working with people who weren't emerging, and they ended up working with really huge musicians. So that was the bulk of the company for probably six, seven years. Okay. And then myself and a few business partners invested in the company in 2015. We kept doing the graphic design, but started to expand out into consumer products and sports, things like that. But music and entertainment, that's not really my background. So as I got more involved in the company and then I took over running it in 2018, I tried to make it more of who I was, which was more business focused. And that's when we started to offer other services, still using that community, but offering more um, of a full service company really, which is great. And so we target other people that are just like me, you know, running a business, whether it's a minority owned business, black owned business, woman run business, or um, really any type, but that's what's helped us be successful, I think, is when people feel a connection or feel comfortable with me because we're in the same boat. It's just that I do marketing, you do something else, but we're both trying to succeed, trying to run a business. 
trying to manage our people, chase our dreams, all of those mm -hmm. things. And so that has been what I've found in the past few years that's made us really successful, which is great. So now we offer pretty much everything you can think of marketing. We work with all different types of companies. But again, our, our primary focus is working with other entrepreneurs. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So that is quite a shift. And it's interesting that you bought a company that was not like a SaaS company, right? It was a service-based right. company. <laughs> right, right. But it was it was something cool about it. We loved the name, which, you know, you shouldn't buy a company just for the name. But it was just like really cool. And we liked the idea of the community aspect. We were certainly attracted to the entertainment piece. But what we learned once we got in there is like, that's not really going to make us yeah. a ton of money. Like, it's cool and everything. But it doesn't necessarily pay as well as we thought. Mm -hmm. And so, but there were a lot of attractive things brand being one of them so even though music is not our focus we still do entertainment we still do the design work there but our brand was so strong within that industry and so there's something very valuable about that when people hear a name and they feel comfortable and they trust that brand and that team yeah. and so that's really really important but but definitely it was necessary to just transition and pivot a little bit and especially when I took over to make sure it was something I was comfortable with, something I felt like I had the experience to do. Yeah, I think right now, you know, it's very interesting that we talk about pivoting, you know, in 2020, mm -hmm. that was the only word you heard, <laughs> it seemed like when it came to small businesses. Yeah. But, you know, even when people are buying tech, SaaS, startups, or things, or an app, yeah. or, you know, a service-based business like that, and even more established companies that didn't get bought out but just want to rebrand or want to refocus and want yeah. to shift to meet the needs of their customers or their clients or their community, you know, that can receive a little bit of pushback. So, you know, in contrast to people who maybe started a business from scratch and mm -hmm. had to build that audience, you came into an audience mm -hmm. and then had to kind of refocus and um of course, yes, lose people, but also gain another right. set of people yeah. while also still, like you said, meeting the needs of music artists and, yeah. and things like that. So what was that experience like for you when it came to marketing and the conversations you were having with either existing clients or new clients who maybe knew of Creative Allies but were like, okay, right. this isn't really for me or hasn't been for me in the past but could yeah. be in the future? I would say, you know, the first year that I took over, it was a challenge because, again, we we led with the entertainment, right? If you hear like, oh, we work with Kendrick Lamar, we work with ESPN, people at least want to have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. But then how do you tie that to somebody who has five employees, you know, yeah. somebody who's local? So it was actually, it was doable, but a challenge for sure. We didn't have a big presence here. We didn't have a lot of clients here. Our clients were on the West Coast or in New York or something like that. And so that was a, a major focus for us. It's like, we've got to get more ingrained into North Carolina and into the triangle so that we can start to build the brand here. It's, it's almost like night and day. I was actually thinking about this the other day. We hardly talk about the entertainment stuff anymore at all. And now we have so many business clients. We've worked with so many entrepreneurs that that's what we use. And that's what people care about is that you've worked with somebody like me. So you've worked with a company that's similar to mine. And so it certainly was a challenge to get the message across and tell that story. Um, the other challenge is our business model. So we're a small company, but we still have that community that I talked about from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so we have employee, I have employees that do various things. We focus on project management, we focus on strategy. But when it comes to, let's say video, we usually outsource that. We have a freelancer network that we use mm -hmm. and a partner network that we use. Sometimes our copywriting we get from somewhere else, especially if it's a specific topic or what have you. And so 
that business model helps us be different and helps us be able to scale up and down Mm -hmm. depending on the size of the project. And so that's something that was a bit abnormal before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. post-pandemic or or during Mm -hmm. (laughs) the pandemic. More freelancers or more people are doing freelance work, so that is more common. And so people understand that, oh, okay, you use freelancers to do this, it makes more sense. And so over time, it's just gotten easier to deliver the message about what we do and how we can help. Right. So when you talk about, you know, your relationship with freelancers, Mm -hmm. your relationship with small business owners, and just your time really building a B2B company Mm -hmm. rather than maybe a B2C company Mm -hmm. that it was, um, depending on how you define music artists in terms of being (laughs) creative entrepreneurs, I don't know, um, and how they see themselves. But, you know, when we start picking apart kind of the bones of a business. I Mm -hmm. think there's, you know, there's like your your bones and your muscle and then there's kind of like the outer layer of the skin, which is what people see. I know that's a weird analogy. Yeah, but I think you know what I mean. There's like there's, a, there's like the front-facing stuff, right, and then there's right. like the back-end stuff of right. the business. And so you are really working at both ends of the yeah. clock, trying to like make them meet and make them match. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of people who maybe starting from nothing, I mean that is something that people who are starting from nothing can can understand. You may not be restructuring a system, but you are restructuring your thinking. That's right. Around what does this look like, or what has this look like for me traditionally, yeah. and maybe organizations that I've worked with, companies that I've worked with, and what do I want it to look like That's for right. me? Um, mm-hmm. So when you came into Creative Allies, and you were like, how can I put me in this? That's right. You know, yeah. what, what were some of the things that you did to continue to put you forward and put that story of, hey, I'm just like you, hey, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur, um, and really reach that audience of people? I think the first year, I didn't do that, and that mm-hmm. was a mistake, to be quite honest with you. I tried to continue doing what the company was already doing and then do it better. But then it's like, I can't do this forever. This isn't my strength. You know, it's not who I am, it's not my strength. And the reality is, I mean, you hear it all the time, nobody else is like you. I mean, you know, we're all unique. And so just work within that. Then you're more comfortable having conversations because all you're doing is talking about what you're good at. You know, you're more comfortable when it comes to your employees. Like everything gets a little bit easier when you kind of get out of your own way and focus on the areas that you're already strong in versus trying to make the company into something else, like trying to be like some other company. And that was a hard lesson to learn because, you know, when you're running a company, you're doing everything and things are coming at you so fast. You don't often slow down to think about what am I doing? Where am I going? And and how am I going to get there? But second year is a little bit easier. We started to make a little bit more money. The conversations were easier. Um, third year, which would have been last year for me, was more about how big do I want to grow this? You know, one of the things um, I've been reading a lot, you know, black women in particular start a lot of businesses, but most of them don't ever hit a million dollars. And I don't want to be in that group, right? right? It's like, what are you doing if you're not trying to to get to that million dollars? And so last year I got a little bit more serious about focusing on on what we offer, how how we do our projects, who we go after and just structurally having a tighter business. This year it's more about profitability, things like that. And so it's like, you just, you learn so much about yourself. So you have to have a little patience because you know, most of us know we're smart and know we're talented. So we come in with a little bit of ego, a little bit of arrogance, think we can, you know, handle everything fast. And that's just not the case usually. And so it is important to just be patient, just go along through the journey and 
I've learned so much just in the past couple of years. Yeah, I think that comparison game is, oh man, it can be a killer because you hear people are like, oh yeah, I was a millionaire by 30 or, you know, I I created a company with my friends over two beers and, you know, we had a $50 million exit. You're like, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong here, but you're not. I think those stories are are even more rare and even less sustainable. I feel like even just me at a younger age, and I am young, don't be... Don't look at me crazy. I, <laughs> I you know, younger than now. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't good with money. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just start there. I was not good with money. Mm-hmm. Um, no concept of how to charge people. Um, you know, and even now, that is still something that you know, like I tweeted about this jokingly, but it's like even when I send invoices or quotes now, I still squeeze my butt cheeks mm-hmm. a little bit. Like it's yeah. still kind of hard to find that balance between a value proposition and greed and underselling yourself yeah. so like that that middle I mean, point that's huge yeah and yeah. so when you say like i'm i don't know part of me is not surprised that you know most black women owned businesses haven't hit a million yeah. but it's like that's that's part of it i think it's that conversation around okay like if that is my goal how am i going to get there right. and accepting that you know that level of clientele that level of work that scope of work yeah looks um very very focused yeah i mean it's an excellent point what you brought up because that's just a struggle for all of us being comfortable with charging what we should and can Mm -hmm. and everybody else is doing it Mm -hmm. but for some reason we're hesitant and we think we have to you know i don't know lowball it discount it whatever to get the business but the reality is that's not the case right and it's just tough. I mean, I wish somebody would write a book on that or something because it's just, it is just tough. We did raise our rates this year because of that. I'm like, what am I doing? You know? And it's like, in order for me to hit these numbers, I either have to cut these expenses and, you know, find people who are cheaper or raise the rates. And so you do have to really think about it, but it is tough. I don't know if it's, I'm not really sure what the reason is, but it's tough for, for women leaders to, to value ourselves at the right level right. <laughs> you know what I mean at the right level right so that's a good point yeah so just a quick note here for people that are watching or listening we're recording this in a co-working space mm-hmm. called the Durham Bottle and Co and um, there's also another famous co-working space that a documentary has been made about called WeWork mm. um Kind of very bro-centric mm. co-working space. <laughs> I hate to say that word. I don't know if that's a word or not. I just made it but up. Everybody knows what you mean. <laughs> but, um, you know, their uh, co-working space that actually never turned profitability. But it's huge. You, I mean, those so work every, And they were everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely incredible that that can happen. And it's just like there are people out there that are charging whatever, doing whatever, buying whatever, yeah. growing, you know, beyond their wildest dreams. And it's like we're scared to send an invoice. Like, yeah. is that? It's, it's a problem. Yeah. Like I said, if we could, I mean, maybe that's something we'll work on. <laughs> but coming up with ways to... I mean, sometimes you have to go through that to learn, but how do you do it faster? How do you get through that process faster? Mm-hmm. Because we're losing money. We're leaving money on the table. We're not hitting our revenue targets for the simple fact that we're scared to charge more right. for things. And the reality is we're worth that. Our services are worth that. And everybody else is charging the right amount. Yeah. And so it, it that's a tough one. Like, that is a tough nut to crack, yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to, you know, your position now, someone who has bought a company, built a company, um, who is going through these things now, I think one thing that de- definitely helps me was that knowledge-sharing yeah. ability. So being here in Durham, you know, being able to meet 
people like you yeah. who are open and honest and willing to share their experiences with pricing um, was very helpful. But And I'm hoping that this podcast can be part of that. Yeah. Um, but for people who may be looking for that guidance, looking for that open and honest community, like if someone was to reach out to you, what is the best way for somebody to reach out to you and say like, hey, you know, I'm looking to build a business or I just started a business, yeah. preferably somebody with skin in the game. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't come asking a bunch of questions and never do yeah. anything about it. Yeah. But definitely like if someone was to reach out to you, like what are some things that were to make you more apt to help them? Because I think that's also something, you know, in an increasingly digital world where we can't walk around and navigate yeah. us freely but, and maybe it is best to reach out to people virtually like what are some ways people can yeah. can do that with you and that you would say like okay yes this is somebody that's trying this is professional this is somebody that I want to be or I'm open to being candid with yeah I, I love talking to people to be honest with you about um, what they're doing because like you can learn from anyone like just because somebody's just starting out doesn't mean I can't learn from them mm -hmm. and so it's a good I think what would make me you know interested is just be thoughtful when you ask so if you're sending an email or reaching out on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever be thoughtful not just hey can we talk yeah <laughs> be thoughtful what is it that you're challenged with what are some specific questions and sometimes it might not warrant or need a like face-to-face -face meeting or video call, I could just write back and give you some feedback or some things to look at. So make it easy, whether it's me or whoever you're reaching out to, make it easy for them to respond back mm -hmm. and say yes. Okay. You know, and I think that comes with just being organized about what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But most people don't reach out, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's, um, that's something else that I would say is a lesson that I've learned. There are just so many people, particularly women, what I have found and what I was very surprised by how supportive everyone is mm -hmm. and how like if you reach out for help there's somebody that'll help you or they'll tell you let me introduce you to someone else right. and that has been very comforting mm -hmm. I think I don't really see that on the male side like this okay. I see more of the competitive part of it and I think on with with the women that I've been exposed to I've had nothing but support and so I would certainly want to do that same thing for other people that are that are coming up right in the spirit of collaboration and community, mm -hmm. um, what are some things that you're looking forward to um, in terms of the entrepreneurship here locally and nationally, I guess you could say, because there is, we're at, like you said, an influx right now, people who are doing side hustles, who yeah. are being freelancers and contracting or starting their own business. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the things that you're looking forward to seeing as that trend increases or plateaus or just becomes more normalized? Yeah, I think it's been really good if you were in the right spot during the pandemic, honestly. That was like the best time to start a business if you had a little bit of money to do it and the time to do it because people were, for maybe the first time in their lives, stuck <laughs> and very... Um, concerned about how to get certain things done yeah. and so if you saw that opportunity like there were there were some really big opportunities to start something but I'm, I'm enjoying you know one of the things for me when I was more working in corporate America I didn't do a lot of networking I didn't go to a lot of those events so I'm not as familiar as I will be with the startup community with the entrepreneurship community locally but that's something I'm getting more involved in and it's it's great for partnership purposes collaboration purposes just knowledge sharing purposes you know it's really it's really cool to see what's happening here in our area and then you you notice how many big companies are coming here like this is becoming just 
a premier place, not just in the South, but in the country to be, to start a business. And that's exciting. You know, that's definitely exciting. Yeah. Um, when it comes to maybe people who are in rural areas mm -hmm. who maybe don't have as much access to a small business community, to yeah. a co-working space, to a hub yeah. of businesses like RTP or, or things like that, um, and they are looking for opportunities do you have advice for people who would who are just like you know my options aren't as aren't as, yeah. aren't as wide it's tough i think the good thing again because of the pandemic where things are so remote so many organizations are doing a lot of their networking virtually so that people who are in those places where maybe they don't have time to drive all the way to raleigh or something like that or charlotte they can still access that information so that's been very positive for people who probably ordinarily would be left behind on some of that knowledge and learning. But, uh, you know, I see places popping up. I know they have a lot of things going on, like in the Wilson area. Right. Like you see things popping up, which is yeah. great. Like I believe our state is making an effort to right. try to really connect people who live in those communities so they don't have to move. Right. You know, they don't have to live somewhere else just to be successful. So I just, I hope people stay encouraged to reach out and take advantage of kind of the digital time we're in where you can get a lot of things done online, listen to podcasts, learn from people on social media to try to educate yourself about your business. Um, but I know that's tough being in a place that, you know, isn't as populated with other entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think, and I, I don't know, I, I want to say I think, I think, I just said it again, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But um, in, in the virtual space right now, not only are we seeing Yes, remote networking, remote positions, remote yeah. forward positions being yep. more prevalent. But we're also seeing, you know, this, I'll say, fact, infatuation with Web3, with NFTs, with crypto, yeah. with building <laughs> an online business. Yeah. And so you're pretty big on Twitter, pretty active on LinkedIn and things like that. What would you say for people who are like, okay, if I'm living in a rural area, I'm living in a place where there maybe aren't as many creative opportunities for me yeah. or networking opportunities, and I want to approach social media with the purpose of building a community, building an audience, and connecting with the right people organically, yeah. what are some advice that you have for them? I think it's just research and outreach. You know, So if you are active on social, then just reach out. There's like you were talking before, like how do people approach you? Just find people that you think you can learn from and reach out to them, ask good questions. Um, it is something that people who live in those rural communities, they'll have to do more. Mm -hmm. Then it's so easy for us. We can just, you know, if we want to do something in person, just pop down the street, go to an event or whatever. They can't really do that. So they'll have to make more of an effort to get involved in certain things and, and meet certain people. So it, like I said, it's a challenge, but they'll definitely just have to put more effort into it. Mm -hmm. Researching, I mean, the other positive thing though too is, you have so much more access. Like you can go to an event in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. Virtually now. And so you can tap into that business community. Mm -hmm. You can tap into the Charlotte community where even when, you know, two years ago, whatever, you're not gonna drive six hours to, to do something like that. So take advantage of the times that we're in and the fact that so many people are, even if something is in person, they're likely to have a virtual component. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of that and, and learn from the speakers and, and the panelists and things like that at these different events. Learn from people on social media that, you know, are maybe in the space that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think they just have to make more of an effort. Right. Um, and speaking of hybrid events, I definitely see hybrid events being yeah. definitely more uh, normalized going forward. Just 
if nothing else but accessibility. So That's not just right. location accessibility, right. but for people with disabilities who may, you know, not be able to get That's there right. physically on their own or people who, you know, again, may not be able to afford even public transportation. That's right, to get there. Yeah. yeah. So I think in terms of media and marketing and communications, you know, what are some things that you're looking for in terms of inclusion? I think yeah. that is a really big thing that I would like to see more of, but I want to hear from the expert in chief here. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, it, I mean, again, the pandemic is horrible. Put that out there. But there are some things that are very positive that are coming out of it, just like you said, where there's so much more um, accessibility to these type of events, um, conferences and things like that planners and, and the, the organizers are making more of an effort. It's like, how do we reach people? How do we get people to still attend? Mm -hmm. Because, of course, we're all kind of tired of doing stuff online also right. if we're doing that all day. So it's made people have to be more creative of how to reach people, how to keep people on the meeting or, or whatever it is. So I enjoy that. One of the things I'll point out, this sometimes can get overlooked, but I'm an introvert, always been my entire life. For me, the pandemic was wonderful because I didn't have to go anywhere. I agree. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I agree. I didn't have to have shoes on if I didn't want to. <laughs> and so I ended up speaking more <laughs> and, and realizing that, wait a minute, I could do this. And so the confidence in a lot of the networking things that I hated before actually increased significantly. So even though I think sometimes when you think about accessibility, that certainly isn't what you think about. But for me, that was huge, mm -hmm. being that I felt like I could be more involved in things mm -hmm. that would help my business and help my professional development than pre-pandemic. I just would, I mean, they were still there and available to me, but I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and so this has been, I, I just feel like we're in a really great time for professional development, skill development, and, and growing and learning. And I yeah. think we just have opportunities that just, you know, weren't necessarily always there before. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the last question I do want to end on mm -hmm. in terms of looking forward to the future again, um, not only, you know, about the possibility of remote work and mm -hmm. the possibility of building an entire community of people who you've never met online yeah. that really just support you and want to see you win. Um, in terms of what you're doing with Creative Allies and what you're doing within the entrepreneurship community yeah. here in Durham and elsewhere, what are some things that you really would like to see people watching, listening, become involved in with the work that you're doing? Yeah, I think for us, um, both points of those, the remote piece, we've always been remote, mm -hmm. you know, for at least for the past like four or five years. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't new for our team. And then we've always focused on the community, our community of creatives. So that also wasn't new. And so it's more of just an everyday kind of mindset thing for, for us and our team at Creative Allies. And so people like to belong. They like to feel like they're a part of something where other people are similar to them. So whether it's by gender, by race, sexuality, by career, whatever it is. And so there are a lot of these online communities popping up. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just find what works for you. Find that place that, that you feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be that you've got to build your own community. It probably already exists. Right. And so just talk to people, ask people, but find that place where you can share information, learn from other people with people that are similar to you, if that's what you're you know, comfortable with. And so I think that we'll see more of those things pop up in the future, just in this you know, kind of digital space that we're in and mindset that we're in now with the pandemic. I think the other thing you mentioned, I can't really, I have no expertise in the, <laughs> the NFTs and the crypto, all that stuff. 
I have to say it's overwhelming. There's just so much, you know, the NFT part, we like looked into it for a minute because from an art perspective and design mm-hmm. perspective, I feel like there's something there. Right. But you've got to pick and choose where you're putting your energy when you're, yeah. you know, running a business. Exactly. <laughs> but I think there's just really interesting things happening. The metaverse, just all this stuff going yeah. on. And so there's just a lot of opportunity. I think back to being a business owner, though, be careful. Like stay focused on growing your business mm-hmm. and don't allow yourself to go down these rabbit holes of things that you know, might, I mean, they might make you a millionaire or whatever, but they might not. Right. <laughs> and you can waste a lot of time. Yeah. And so you have to be careful because there are some exciting things happening right. that you might want to get involved in, but you've got to be careful and, and focus on your business. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's this slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, yeah. And being focused is what's going to help you get there. Like, yeah. you know, pour into one, one or two things at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Sure. How can people find you on social media if they want to get in touch? Yeah, so Creative Alley you can go to our website which is creativeallies.com for me I'm on Twitter mostly and that's Amy A-M-I-E underscore CEO and I try to stay active I'm active on LinkedIn as well but Twitter is my latest um, (laughs) try into social media I gotcha I gotcha I follow her on Twitter she's awesome she'll give you great value Um, and just thank you guys so much for listening and watching